G'day, it's James Baldwin here welcoming you to another episode of Oz F1, Australia's favourite Formula One podcast. And I want to give a quick shout out to Gaza in New Zealand. Gaza, thank you so much for rating us five stars and saying that us three are great to listen to and apparently we know our stuff. Awesome. That's news to us. (laughs) Campy's homeland. We love it. Gaza, thank you so much. And if you have left a review as well, we really appreciate your time and uh, your efforts in doing so. And I'm joined in the studio as always by my friends and yours at two thomases we'll start today tom is jcamp.com.au g'day mate boys how are we tommy t hello all right then here we are to uh, recap yet another failure by ferrari to do anything decently otherwise known as the russian grand prix sochi the uh it was missing someone was missing from the uh, podium wasn't they Uh, what was that was he doing yeah mr putin went uh my favourite uh, bit of Russia normally is Putin standing in the cool-down room with the three winners and everyone's going... Oh. I think he was sorting out another so. border crisis. <laughs> crisis. Dealing with some... Allegedly. Anyway, so uh, Russia started the, the first corner was incredible and then it went all downhill from there with many radio messages, but boys will get to it. I want to talk about a few bits and pieces beforehand. There's some news been going on outside of the track, which is pretty interesting and exciting, um, especially after the Beyond the Grid interview with Renault team boss Cyril, Cyril uh, talking about you know potential Renault talent coming up through the F3 and F2 categories, and he's not going to turn to Zach Brown and say, you need to put one of my people in your cars because he won't be able to do that as of 2021 because <laughs> they're moving back to Mercedes. Yeah, good move by McLaren, I think. It's really interesting, isn't it? Boys, we were just talking about it before we, we hopped on about the history of McLaren Mercedes. McLaren Mercedes was the dominant force outside of Ferrari for such a long time. And when I say Ferrari, outside of Schumacher specifically for yep. such a long time. Uh, it's a name that's synonymous in the sport. Obviously, names like DC, David Coulthard driving for them, Jensen Button, okay. Fernando Alonso, Mika Hakkinen, who's been around as well uh, in the last couple of weeks. It, it's all been really exciting. And then in 2015, they made the bold decision to go to Honda, which McLaren Honda back in the day, really good partnership. And who joined the team that made it ruin it for everybody? Fernando Alonso. Yep. Uh, bad luck just follows him everywhere. Just another bad decision on Alonso's gap. And he's making some phone calls coming back, I, I would imagine, <laughs> trying to get back in uh, Mercedes or even in the Renault power now because they're doing a pretty decent job. But Campy, this is interesting, don't you think? I think it's a good move. I think it I think it works. For historically, I think it's good as well. Um, McLaren was always synonymous with Mercedes, right really from their inception. Um, I think the move to Honda in 2015 was quite a good move in the sense that McLaren wanted they wanted a works engine and they wanted to be the number one team for an engine provider. Honda didn't really have their stuff together back then and I think it's worked out. It didn't work out for them. Uh, they've made the jump to Renault for the last couple of years and next year, which Renault's not a Bad power unit at the moment, but I just think it makes sense for McLaren to go back to Mercedes. Gives Mercedes options for another customer team, but it gives them options to develop new drivers and have some key key personnel underneath that Mercedes yeah. as a manufacturer banner. Well, if you see this, this could be like a destination for someone like Ocon, who's in their reserve kind of driver spot, which now has to go to a Renault team. Otherwise, he probably could go to one of the other works, kind of Mercedes. Apparently, there was teams. a seat fit for Ocon and McLaren. 
Really? Did you hear that? I did mm-hmm. not. Interesting. Mm, interesting last year. So when we're mm. talking about um, Toto Wolf having a bit of a crack at a couple of the teams at the end of last year, McLaren was one of them and, and Renault was the other because of the options that suddenly all closed out with Lando and Carlos being signed as well. But the interesting thing to note here is Zach Brown doesn't really have a lot to do with this decision. Uh, and if you don't know, Zach Brown, who is the perceived principal of McLaren is not he's actually the CEO of the entire business Andreas Seidel is the team principal um, and he came across from the from the LMP1 program from Porsche so he knows what he's bloody doing he's which is which is technical mouse behind him he does uh, but it's really interesting like if you look at McLaren as an organization they're just it's really interesting how they've restructured themselves to make the most of a bad situation with Honda and the flack that everyone was putting on them from Fernando and Fernando trying to be the CEO, which let's be honest, he was trying his best and even Zach Brown was listening to him, whether (laughs) that was right or not, who knows. But anyway, he's probably not listening to him now with him saying, can I please come back? (laughs) Nope. Uh, But Andreas Seidel, really great job. I think it's really Mm -hmm. interesting. Uh, I agree with you, Kevin. I think the Renault engine at the moment is doing them well. If you look at this race and indeed the last couple of races, reliability hasn't been fantastic, not necessarily to do with the ICE, the internal combustion engine, but it's been a good power unit. We're six years into this turbo hybrid era now, and most of the motors are pretty comparable in the amount of horsepower that they actually produce. It's more the chassis and the design of the car that makes the Ferraris and the Mercedes and the Red Bulls faster than everyone else. But the motors are quite comparable. Mm. So So what does this mean for horsepower? What does this mean for Renault? Like they're losing a customer. Is that going to make them better or worse? What's interesting, isn't it? Because Renault have always been around really as a engine supplier. And even when they pulled the pin on a, on a proper team, they were still there. They still had their their French manufacturing company going on with, with supplying Red Bull. And obviously that's where they had the big success where Red Bull had the big success was when Renault was powering them. Um, Obviously Honda doing a a better job than what they did with McLaren. But it's just, it's going to be interesting because realistically, when you look for 2021 and these big team changes, like big regulation changes, a lot of these teams might not necessarily not necessarily have the best engine. And mm. we might see Mercedes really struggling with the 2021 regulations. We'll see. But it's going to be an interesting... R&D move. on all these 2021 spec motors has already begun. We've oh, already yeah. been given a brief outline. And McLaren might, mate, they may know something that we don't. They might see... You hope so. We they don't might know have some information that Renault's <laughs> a bit behind the ball. I would suggest not at this stage, but... No. I think it's a good move for them all. But yeah. in saying that, I think the way McLaren have re reproduced their management team, mm-hmm. they yeah. got rid of Ron Dennis about three years ago, I think, and I think it was a good move for the team because they were always another really political team, a lot like Williams in the way yep. they operated. And I think, not to say that Ron Dennis didn't have an outstanding career as a team principal with McLaren throughout the years, but... Towards the end of his stint with that team, it just became way too political and the organisation really suffered at that top end mm. and right throughout the, the yeah, whole Zach, team. Zach's done a great it. job, I think, in turning yeah, it around. Yeah, we said that last week. So, Hey, uh, news for Nico Hulkenberg? Nothing. Still uh-huh. nothing. He's, uh, he's looking more and more likely to not have a drive for next year in, in Formula One, boys. It's, uh, we discuss, discussed this a little bit last week, but... I'm becoming less sad about it. Does that make me a bad person? I don't think so. He's had 10 years. He's had a crack. He's, He's had a crack. It's 
it is what it is, unfortunately. Like, he's had his chances. He's had many opportunities to get on a podium and he still hasn't. So, end of the day, that's kind of on him, not really anyone else. Do you think he could uh, come to the S5000 in uh, our <laughs> Australian single-seater category? Following Rubens Barrichello. Yeah, following, yeah. <clears throat> I watched, actually, watch a race the other day. It's not too bad. Yeah, well, it was the first race that it was in Sandown, which is in Melbourne. Um, yep. Just going off topic a bit. But, yeah, we finally got a new single-seater category in Australia that will be really good for breeding our young talent, I think, eventually. Totally right. The chassis is designed on the same F3 car that they're using currently, and they've got V8 um, Ford motors in them, and they're just great. They're just, they sound good. They sound good, and it was good. We had Rubens Barrichello racing. First, I think he's racing the first four races, not the whole season. But they're sort of being exhibitions this year, and then next year it'll kick off into a full championship. So it's good for it's good for the Australian single single seater category, and I think mm. they'll probably follow the V eight supercars around on that tour as well, which will be a. Uh, I think it's a really good breeding ground for some young talent that we've got coming through, and that's all we need really more in this country because V eight supercars is interesting as a category, but doesn't do anything for single seaters. And, it's and the talent we've got, not. yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, really cool, and it's it's great to see Rubens out here. That was yeah. that was a bit of a, a bit of a surprise. I wasn't keeping up with it, and I turned the telly and went, "Is Rubens back at Phillip yeah. Island? I don't understand. <laughs> he doesn't ride a motorbike." Well, that, was, that was a test. That Phillip Island yeah. one. Yep. Uh, I think that was two weeks before Sandown. And he ended up getting second. So yeah, good boy. My man. Good to see. My man doing doing all of the good things. And there's been no other driver movements that we know of, boys. Um, the silly season sort of has come and gone a little bit. We're on pause really until we know what's happening with uh, Ferrari. I'm pretty much going to stay where they are. kind of the Red Bull teams to well, lock someone in. Maybe Ferrari won't stay where they are because maybe Seb won't listen to them and just go to Red Bull. Let's be honest, Red Bull are the only team, I think, who haven't yet finalised their lineup. whilst Albon, yep. Al- Alex Albon, when he crashed in qualifying, like, I just put my head in my hands and I felt for him, but you can't do stuff like that to, to guarantee a spot for 2020. But anyway. Well, Fernando's been ringing. Oh, he's been ringing Zach Brown, but we also heard this weekend that he's been ringing Ferrari as well. Someone take his phone off him. <laughs> I would love to see Fernando back at Ferrari. Who's who's seat is he going to take? I don't think I. I think he's done in F one, but yeah. it'd be good to see him. Come no, back. he's coming back, mate. Okay, he's said last testing. year. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. <laughs> you're coming back to sit on the pit wall. That's all you're doing. All right, boys, let's get into it. Uh, Russia, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, it was a, it was a great first corner. Uh, really, really interesting. Phenomenal start from Seb Vettel. Ooh. Horrible start from Kimi Raikkonen. In fact, oh. no, it was a great start from Kimi Raikkonen just about two seconds too early, <laughs> <laughs> which then screwed him up for the rest of the race. But, uh, boys, it just kept getting worse and worse for Ferrari. But we will get there. What is, what is your favourite moment of the race? Tommy T. Uh, I liked watching Albon come through the pack. He he started from the pit wall, I think it was. Yep. Uh, well, the pit lane. I'm not sure if he started on the pit. Nah, in the wall. Go on the wall. <laughs> Jump in the car. Just old school Formula One start. Yeah. That's something I'd love to see. Side Le Mans note. starts. Anyway, Le Mans start. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Done. Uh, yeah. No, him fighting through the back. Nothing ridiculous. A couple of really good moves there, but like paced himself, knew he had a whole race to kind of climb up. Ended up in fifth, I think. 
if he was starting the race, you'd be happy with fifth from him. To start from the back and end up in fifth is pretty good. It, it, I agree. I mean, it's convenient that Seb and Danny Rick weren't there, so you yep. can probably add those two ahead of him. If but, but to get signs, Perez and Norris are all running really good races. I think that's pretty good for he him. He also had some great overtakes on the Toro Rossos. Yep. Sorry, oh. the Alphas. Sorry, the Toro. <laughs> what are they? That's something we haven't spoken about. We'll come mm. back to it when we talk about them. But, I mean... Wasn't it? It was really interesting watching him and Gasly wheel to wheel twice. Yeah. Gasly we, overtook Albon again after he was just overtaken, but yeah. that is f- literally fighting for the seat. Yeah, it, it was, was good very interesting. Okay, so Albon for you, Campy, yeah, your favourite moment of the race. He should be making those moves. So. Okay, all right. He get, should be fusing where he finished. Get finish, off, so get off the Red Bull high horse for a second. And what is your favourite moment of the race? Oh, probably the start. Yeah, probably Vettel start. What an absolute <laughs> superhuman <laughs> start! It's like let's, let's just get real. Here we go. There was zero oh, slipstream from Leclerc. He <laughs> had him pantsed off the start. You're right. You're absolutely he right. He was, he was easily going 45, 50 kilometres faster than yep. Leclerc was off like in that first 400-metre zone. That's how good of a start he was. And on his formation lap, Seb got off the line really well too. So, um, yeah, it was great. It was good to see. Lewis Hamilton did not get away well. <laughs> Started on the mediums though. Yeah, that's true. Uh, my favourite moment of the race was Seb Vettel realising that he'd won driver of the day even though he was out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> Being told, I think Natalie Pink had told him, or oh, someone down in the paddock had told him that he'd just won driver of the day and that was the happiest I saw him the entire he, weekend. He should get driver for the day for that comment he made when he got out of the car after the uh, ECU had failed. Now, you was can, it the ECU or the MGUK? MGUK. Uh, you can say it. I'm happy to beep it out. Ready? Hey. Go. Let's just fucking go back to the V10s. <laughs> now, I've had to put a lot of work in putting and, that beep in. But and it he was said V12s. <laughs> <laughs> and he said V12s, oh, but that's fine. <laughs> that's all right. We've already said it, Cappy. That's fine. Good to see. Uh, Seb Vettel coming back into our hearts. Uh, we... we you know, they, they I'm say, on him for the rest of the year. They I'll, say time heals all wounds. When he was in Red Bull with Weber, we weren't about him at all. You know, multi-21, campy, multi-21, that kind of stuff, not happy about it. But time is healing those wounds. Uh, we're also happy about it because uh, Tommy T does not like Seb and, and he prefers Charlotte you know Leclerc. What? He's still got a spawn on the team. I don't even prefer Charlotte Leclerc. I just don't like Seb. <laughs> no, it's true. You prefer Hass. I prefer anyone but Seb. Ha- Hass beans. No, but, like, how good is it? <laughs> Ferrari signed to Seb in the first three laps. All right, we're going to... We're gonna let look. You're gonna let Leclerc pass next lap on this turn, and Seb's like, no. He has to get he's, close to me first. Mate, that's, <laughs> he's got a spine, and then as and then away. over the I think it was 20 laps until that first pit stop, he pulled out a five and a half second lead. That's huge, and that's what Seb does well. Yeah. Yep. And when he was winning championships, he could lead those races from the front, and he could run a pace under like with full. A full amount of fuel yep. and tyres that are burning out quickly. He can. That's what Seb does really well. Just lead those and he managed those tyres really well up until the point when they dropped off and then Ferrari He's hung him lying. out for another lap. He was he was completely lying. His tyres were fine. He just wanted to get in and try and stop Leclerc from undercutting him. He was playing a game there, hundred percent. Mm, interesting. Oh, my tyres are broken. Come help me. <laughs> uh, okay, driver of the race, Tommy. I'm going Max. Maxi. I think Max had a ripper. He, he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't no. have the car this week, but he was spot on. To hang in where he did, I mean, he knew he was fighting to just stay fourth, yeah. did his job, stayed out of trouble. I think Carlos for me. Yeah, it's Carlos for me as well. Why for you specifically, Cappy? Oh, just because he's up there. He showed, he showed good pace, dropped his teammate, 
pretty convincingly on race pace. I know Norris got held up in some traffic early on, which enabled him to build that gap. But yeah, he's just performing where he should be, really, and it was uh, it was good to see. And talk about starts. Carlos start. had an amazing uh, start. Yeah. An amazing start. Just, he would have got Hamilton, but Hamilton had that inside. And yep. Hamilton's. But just looking at the pace, I mean, I know he was on softs and, and the Mercedes were on mediums, but you look at the pace and now put that pulling away, you're like, okay, McLaren's it looks like a top three team here by all accounts. Yep. Uh, yeah, doing doing an incredible Incredible job. Uh, my favourite bit about Carlos Sainz is his social media presence. I'm just pulling up Instagram. There's a photo of him not catching a, f- a football, it looks like, and hitting him in, in the crutch. And if you remember Danny Rick a couple of days ago came past, or weeks ago came past and sack whacked him while he was having an interview, <laughs> Landon Norris <laughs> has just posted this photo of him being hit in the crutch and Carlos has commented saying, someone please save me, F1 drivers, keep attacking my Spanish co-owns. <laughs> And then his second, his second comment is Daniel Ricciardo liked this picture. <laughs> <laughs> McLaren are the young boys, but tell you what, the humour is phenomenally. Oh, there good. was another video of um, Signs and Norris. Oh no, Albon and uh, Norris walking past, and then Norris has just pushed him into Danny Rick doing an interview and <laughs> fallen over him. Excellent. The young about, McLaren boys are very funny. I'm enjoying what this about, a lot. What about the WTF? Um, Oh, W2F1. F1, it says it goes through 19, 13, 14, and then <laughs> b- jumps to 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. It's all Mercedes. And uh, then the best comment down below says, well, unless you don't count 1942. <laughs> Just the ultimate troll right there. So I love it. It's good. You bloody would too. You'd love right. to see it. Let's, let's go. <laughs> uh, we have uh, best team on the day, including the team principal. Gunter was on the pit wall, uh, but he wasn't inside a wall like Roman <laughs> Grosjean was in the first bloody lap. Poor Roman. It wasn't his fault. Team, Tommy? I think I have to give it to Mercedes. Yep. Yeah, it's frustrating. Hard to with that. I don't like talking about Mercedes, but okay. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, he, they looked very happy yeah. to be winning again, didn't they? Like, it's not usual for us to not <laughs> be one two every weekend. They do look perplexed when they're not winning. Like, this is not right. I don't understand. The computers told us we would win. <laughs> <laughs> Computer has said no in the form of Charles Leclerc and Seb Vettel. All right. Gents, let's go through team by team as we normally do, starting at the back of the pack. We had five do not finishes, did not finishes, I should say, this time around. So we'll start with the, in fact, we're going to start with Williams because they both had a DNF. Uh, break failure, wasn't it, for George Russell? Yeah, under the virtual, he's going slow too. Weird. I in- think it was a suspension failure. Well, that'll leave us in suspense. And <laughs> nice. that was good. He, well played, boys. It seemed like he was giving Danny Rick a little bit of problems, but we seem to think Danny Rick had a lot more damage than first yep. indicated. Yep. So Danny Rick went for a quick flight, is what he <laughs> yeah. did. He's like, oh, I'm going to back you down again. He's, it's not the first time this season that's no. happened to his car. Uh, Kubica, well, he pitted about four times in the first <laughs> five laps, didn't he? That was an interesting move. They, he started on softs. He then pitted, they put hards on, and then he pitted the next lap and then put mediums on. And William's like, oh, it's so that we could cycle through our allocation. Yes, guys, but you only need to pit once and put one other compound on and you'd have already done that. Yeah. Yeah, I really don't want to look into why they would do That'll something do. like that. That'll do. In- interesting, <laughs> though, that this is the second race in a row that they've had a DNF because it was Robert last time was their first DNF all season. Yeah. 
Interesting for, for Williams. Uh, the only thing they've had go well for them is the, their fastest pit, pit stops. stops. Yep. <laughs> We're eight out of the season have been the fastest of the weekend. So Yeah, interesting. All right, let's talk about, talk about Alfa Romeo. Uh, Antonio Giovinazzi finishing in 15th after just some bloody interesting manoeuvres going on the first couple of laps. He was all over the shop. It was a, that turn four mm. incident on the start, that was a racing incident, yep. but I don't think he should have been there. He probably had enough time to pull out, yep. to be honest, but he just kept his nose in. I don't think he expected to get squeezed by no. Danny Rick on the inside. Well, so. I think Roman probably didn't leave enough space either. Danny didn't really have anywhere to go. He was stuck. I mean, there's three cars abreast turning into a yeah. corner. Like, it just was never going to happen to And Grosjean was probably at the back and could have made a move. The well, other two couldn't see. I don't understand why Grosjean was so wide into that corner. Yeah, Especially off I mean, the start. Have you seen him drive? Yeah. <laughs> Good points. It's got great, got great data analysis, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kill come me. on, Huss. Honestly, what a, that's not a reason. But anyway, okay. Uh, and we said Kimi Raikkonen had a uh, false start. Had a stinker. What happened? He's had a bad four that races. Like, hasn't he? Since Probably two seconds ahead. At the mid-season point, he's I had know. some bad luck. Okay, ready? How terrible is Kimi Raikkonen? Man, he's a terrible driver. Shut, he's the worst. Up. Just shut up. No, you, <laughs> you're not picking up what I'm putting down. If we talk bad about him now, he'll go well for the ro- next five that. races. I can't say bad okay. We all love Kimi, no, right, but that was Kimi. a stinker. Yeah, it happens, though. Yeah. Well, not really. Well, it's, it's pretty funny. He, he launched... Well early, and then his anti-stall kicked in, and then he was pretty much at the back. Yep. Yeah. He should have just kept going. He should have just kept going. I do an unranked service in F1 2019. <laughs> Engage the clutch, bam, see you later, I'm off. Five-second penalty, doesn't matter. I'm 10 seconds. Else. <laughs> After qualifying, 20th. <laughs> oh, do you still Racing. play video games? <laughs> yeah, mate. <laughs> Didn't, what are you trying to say? To stop that at like 20. <laughs> Just go on the inside on the grass. <laughs> you an adult. Nope. <clears throat> That's why right. I do a podcast. <laughs> Esports is a thing, right? Please. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> uh, okay, so Kimi Raikkonen finishing in 13th. Giovinazzi finishing in 15th, which was last for this race out. Uh, Toro Rosso, soon not to be Toro Rosso because they're putting a name change in, but let's talk about Pierre Gasly and Kvyat. They were both towards the back. I mean, the best thing they did all weekend was try to give Albon a bit of hassle when he was trying to come through. Other than that, they were kind of just making some random moves on what was blue flagged. Kvyat, I'm just I can't remember what happened in qualifying with those two, but Kvyat definitely had the better better race pace than uh, Gasly, and that showed. So, yeah, but as I said last week, I don't think any of those three Red Bull drivers, be it Kvyat, Gasly. And Alex Albon, I don't think either of them are going to push Max the way that Christian Horner wants Max to be pushed. Do you know so, who would push Max? Uh, who? Seb Vettel. Yeah, I know. yeah, exactly. I don't think you'd push him, but he'd... By push him, he be, wouldn't play ball and he'd just fight for the front spot. Yeah, I, think, push. I yeah. think that's what you want. <laughs> but I'd, uh, look, it's interesting for me. We've seen uh, three quarters of the season go past now and I don't, I don't think Kvyat, Albon or Gasly... Yep. Deserve a seat in that top team. I think mm. Gasly goes 
I think he goes. I yep. think next year they take Kvyat and Albon in Toro Rosso and yep. give them another year each. Yep. And then Seb comes back for another couple of years. I think that's the perfect scenario. Well, I can't see it happen, to be honest. I think it's a perfect scenario for us, which is, I think, what yeah. we just yeah. said. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah. as much as we don't like them and we keep saying oh, this, Daniel needs to go to a team that can give him a car that puts Please him on a podium. don't put him in that red car. Well, mate, it's, gonna be, it's either going to be... Back to where he was, Mercedes, yeah. which is definitely full, or sure. Ferrari. Can Don't. we talk about how the the Red Bull Junior team is looking pretty dry, and there's not much left in that well? Yeah, to be honest, interesting because the used Renault to be Junior full. team, the Renault Junior full. team looks, and awesome. they started that in 2016, so it yep. hasn't been going for a long time. But before we get off that, I want to talk about a, a Red Bull's fashion label, which is called. It's called Alpha something. Well, Alpha, right. And Alpha, don't confuse me more. Alpha right. Torsi or? Alpha Tori. We're oh. gonna, we, it's going to be the name on everybody's lips come it's, 2021. It's A L F A. It's A L P H A. Alpha oh, Tori. That's enough of a difference. Alpha Tori is Red Bull's fashion label, and it's named after the Alpha no, Tori, which is a star it's in the Taurus constellation. Oh, I get it because the bull. Remember when I had to explain this story and it took too long and we all fell asleep yep. like just then? Yeah, that's what's happened. But anyway, so Toro Rosso wants to change. And when I say Toro Rosso, which we, just means Red Bull in Italian, fine. We're talking Dietrich. We're talking the owner, the of, Red owner of Red Bull wants to change the name to Alfa Tori. But that's okay because... Someone Ted, should take Ted, that team off Ted on, Ted on the weekend kept saying Sauber every time Alfa Romeo put in front of him. So he'll just keep calling it Sauber and we can call this Alfa Tori and that's totally fine. At one stage they were calling every team by their old name. How good's Ted? Look, Ted's back. Look, Dietrich, mate, you can do what you want. But I'm telling you, as just one of the general humans, one of the people out there. General human? That is a stupid decision, mate. Pull your head in. <laughs> TomsJCamp.com.au for all of your Formula One naming advice. <laughs> Campy, thanks always for your insights to everything. Why doesn't anyone employ me for a good opinion? <laughs> I can't. I can't seem to think why. Uh, let's talk about old names. Let's talk about Force India, uh, otherwise known as Racing Point, otherwise known as Jordan. Uh, <laughs> Lance Stroll finishing in 11th and Checo finishing in 7th. Actually had a pretty good day out. Checo was good. Racing Did points Checo were bloody good. quick this weekend, weren't they? Yeah, they've turned a corner as well. Well, especially since the mid-season, they yep. seem to have pulled it a bit together. Mm. So. Apparently that three-year contract's made Checo faster. <laughs> Consistency is key, apparently. Uh, anything else to comment really about the Pink Panthers? Nope. Nope. From you, Campy? No. Nope. Okay, fine. We'll nope. move on. Uh, interesting to, for Daddy's team. Well done, Lance. For not really doing much, as always. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Renault. Then Nico Hockerman finishing in 10th. Danny Rick obviously not having a great time out. He retired on lap 24. Danny Rick this year has shown glimpses of the driver he is. Unfortunately, the car and I think the team, at times the team's uh, strategy on races has really let him down. He's shown some good glimpses yep. of what he can do. And he's pants Hulkenberg in race pace and qualifying all Except year. Except this weekend. Oh, yeah. Well, he's a, oh, he must have made a mistake in Q3. He, he came out and said he was just off it. Yep. He must yeah. have made a mistake because he because he still beat Hulkenberg comfortably yep. by two and three tenths in Q1 and Q2. Yep. And I think he only had one run in Q3, whereas Hulk had a couple. So, mm. um, he... Look, this isn't one of Danny Rick's tracks, but yeah, he's just it's it's disappointing to see him in his car. Yep. yep. That's, I think that's this what it is. Year, that's if, why I want him to go to Ferrari. The problem is his qualifying 
too low down, so he's in this mess, which yeah. is getting yeah, in early retirements because yeah. of damage. He's in he's in the muck. He needs to be a bit ahead, so he's fighting some with some cleaner drivers, and he's not stuck in all this crap. Just getting unlucky, really. And with Renault's poor reliability, it sometimes it, it just compromises his whole race weekend. Yep. He starts at the back of the grid, and there's not much that Renault can do. Well, I mean, it can, and Danny Rick's capable of it. Yeah. But last week, when he got disqualified from yep. yeah. qualifying. And then the race, he came through the pack and then Giovinazzi. Just unlucky. That Last week's race really sums up my year for yeah. Danny Rick. Yep. He's but got even, the pace. He's right there. He's figured out the car, but he's. I don't think Renault's helped him, though. The strategies have just been confusing. Like, even this one, he came in early on. Why did they not put the hards on? They went mediums. Yeah, Surely mean, the strategy is if something happens, yeah, all right, let's so do weird. a mandatory change of tyre, put it on hards and try and finish the race. Like, yep. just outlast. Yep. Makes sense. And if there's a safety car, all right, chuck a soft on. Well, last year they pretty much did it. Yeah. That's so and that, we know Danny's good at managing tyres. Pretty much did it well, straight We on. know that Renault's soft on tyres and exactly it doesn't so. deteriorate like the rest of them. And it's a low grip, low deg circuit. Yeah. So if anyone's going to get the most Total out of a hards, I think it'd be him. It just it just seemed weird, like, okay, he's pretty much stuffed now. Let's have a crack at this strategy that's going to give us a chance. Hopefully there's some safety cars. And wasn't yeah, it funny because all the three of us on Messenger and all the commentary team are like, well, this is great for Renault because they can pit him and put him on hards and then yep. they're like, except they're wheeling out yellow wheels. What are you doing? Oh, we want the wheels to match the colour of the car. Ah. Oh, okay, cool, idiots. Also, Putting this out, I've also noticed they're the only team that spray paints DR because they get confused about whose tyres are who during practice. Can you please sort out a better system for sorting out the tyres? Because they saw Mercedes. Remember when yeah. they were all messing around? Is this your tyre? No, is this your tyre? I don't understand. <laughs> it looks ridiculous. Don't do it. Almost as ridiculous as no about, major sponsor for, for Haas. What about Hulk? Do we talk about Hulk? Nah. Hulk no. was solid. He, he didn't do anything bad. He was, he was fine. Considering where he started the race, the start he got and where he fell back to, Got beaten on track by Magnussen. Well, that's what. Well, let's talk about Magnussen. K yeah. Mag, uh, and we were talking about McLaren Mercedes before. His last, his inst- his stint rather in McLaren was when it was McLaren Mercedes. Still wasn't a great joining in that that yeah. year. But anyway, got he, on a podium on his debut. He, yeah, he's not terrible because Danny Rick got bloody penalised, so it was pushed up. We don't talk about it, Campy. It's all right. It's in the past. <laughs> Leave it there. <laughs> Breathe. <laughs> Good stretch. Good stretch. Stretch it out. Woosar, mate. Uh, Woosar, though, for Kevin Magnuson in ninth, which is unusual for Haas to finish in the points. Only <laughs> My one. My boys. Only one. Oh, you're back on it, are you? Nah, okay, I didn't think so. <laughs> K-Mag benefited a lot from those safety cars and stuff, yep. but good on him. Yeah. Yep, he performed I think well. Gunter would have been happy with him, yeah. uh, and that's really all that matters. Grosjean was just unlucky. Grosjean was unlucky. It's a shame he got that five-second penalty. Yeah, for rejoining I mean, the track. I mean, I saw plenty of cars go off Let's there. talk about the F2 race where someone joined, rejoined the In fact, Jack Aitken, who, the Renault junior driver who rejoined the track and careered into to, into a car that careered into another car. Um, luckily, this time around, everyone escaped. There was a second contact, Campy. One of the cars went into the barrier and then a car collected him again, which mm-hmm. is throwbacks to when we talk about that. I didn't see that. The same corner where... This incident happened with K-Mag, except they can rejoin the track really poorly and collected so a couple of cars. there's some bollards there. There's three bollards you're supposed to go around in like a chicane, so left, right, left. 
they just seem so far off where the drivers were exiting the track, to be honest. To get back all the way left around that bollard seemed almost ridiculous. Stewards. So they were kind of cutting the corner and just going past the third one and then just re-entering. It, I don't know. It, it just seems like a weird... One, it was a stage where one of those bollards fell over, yeah. which they didn't anticipate either. <laughs> the wind. Uh, look, oh, I, I, saw, the wind. I saw plenty of cars go wide on that yep. corner and yeah. enter the track. Bring back the gravel. Mm-hmm. Stop doing this. Those, like, but those gravel's a punishment. Curbs, those sausage curves, all you need to do is just extend them further than where they currently make, are. Make them six foot high. <laughs> I ain't going to have any issues uh, there. That's <laughs> called a wall. <laughs> <laughs> Just put a barrier right but there. But genuinely, put grass or gravel because that is a genuine punishment. And yep. a couple of the the commentators are talking about astroturf and soak it. Yeah, but well, it's actually like a deterrent. A, on, As a driver, you? if you see more asphalt, you kind of have a different kind of opinion of the punishment. In F two, Jack got off the track and started accelerating towards the bollard. Yeah. <laughs> no, and that's you know that's, Anthony Davidson was saying this is the, not the point. He's yeah. going. The whole reason he collected him because <laughs> he was carrying so much speed because he got back on the throttle. Anyway, let's talk about McLaren because we spoke about them uh, at the beginning. Uh, Lando Norris finishing in eighth should be very, very happy with that. And Carlos finishing in sixth, as we said, who should also be equally as happy, if not happier. Good outing for the team. And I tell you what, we spoke about their organisation at a high level being really, really well put together. On race day, they've got it sorted out. Their pit stops are solid. They just stay out of trouble. Strategy well, solid. We've said it all year. There's been tracks, I think... If you compare McLaren to Renault, because that's the most comparable team to them, Renault has got a car much like the Ferrari where it went down a specific design ideology Mm -hmm. and it's played out on certain tracks that that Renault is a lot quicker and it's got better race pace. But that McLaren is much like the Mercedes where it's it's an all-round better car and it's got genuine pace on most tracks. So... Plus, it's good to look at. I, that papaya orange has really grown on me. And those race suits. There's some pretty good McLaren liveries from back in the day, though. Oh, yeah. I don't think oh, it's yeah. up in the top five. The one with the cigarette branding on What was that one? Marlboro. Speak for yourself, by oh. the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I quite. I think it's all right. No, I've got a top, top five and it's not in it, oh, so there good. you go. They're good. All right. Uh, let's – okay, Red Bull Racing. Uh, Alexander Albon finishing in fifth, starting from the pit lane, as we spoke about earlier. He battled his way up through the field and he benefited from the safety cars yep. as well as some yep. retirements as well. Uh, but, yeah, he did some really good overtakes. Admittedly, they were against the Alpha Tories. Nah, it sounds wrong. Toro Rosso's. <laughs> you know, same same family. So, you're yeah. going to let a little bit go there. But all in all, finishing behind his teammate. Who Max? He finished in fourth. Max, as we said at the beginning of the podcast, Tommy, he's a bit of a nothing race for him. Yeah, but that's a good thing. Yeah, for both having penalties this week as well, I think for them to finish fourth and fifth is a bloody good weekend. Let me step really. in, in front of Campy, and so they should. Regardless of penalties, we've seen these Red Bulls start at the back of the pack. Yeah. And this is where you can see the huge difference between a Red Bull and a Renault at the hands of Daniel Ricciardo coming from the back of the pack to the front. Yep. 100%. Because in a Red Bull, Danny Rick was like, yep, yeah, I'm 20th, uh, I'm 4th. Okay. Yeah. How did the that Renault's happen? just can't follow close enough, whereas the Red Bulls can get right up close and they can handle it for much longer. And you're totally right. They, Christian Horner would have been stoked by that. He wouldn't have been stoked by qualifying and the amount of money and, and team time that would have been putting that car back but together they're loading up for Japan. They want to have a really good but, weekend. And well. you know what? They'll be quick around Japan. Yeah. Absolutely. But you know what? This is, and I said this before, this is Albon's first Formula One season. So, you know, play on, really. The fact that he's in a top three team car 
I would also just have zero confidence in myself because the pressure would be phenomenal. Yeah. And yeah, you got to grow a spine and all that sort of other stuff. But at least he's an open and honest dude. And he sort of wears his heart on his sleeve a bit. And I like that. The main difference between him and Gasly is that he's making moves happen and he's getting past these mid-pack cars. Yeah, so true. So much easier than what Gasly was doing. So that's a tick in his box. Yeah. Where he's at on raw pace and genuine speed compared against Max, we have still haven't seen him do anything remotely. No. They've only had the one race, rally. though. Like, Singapore's the only one where they're comparable. Every time there's been penalties for either either, they haven't really been close. So but even in practice times, he's, this, yeah, even true. this weekend, he's still genuinely seven to a second, seven tenths to a second off yep. where Verstappen was. And I'd... I'm not ragging on the dude. It's just not going to cut it. No. Yeah. But we don't know what's Red going Bull on behind. continually come out and say, we need a driver to push Max. Yeah. And yep. if Max is clearing these guys by seven tenths to a second, he's just going to go. At some point, he's not going to get the best out of himself and he's going to go into a bit I of a I think it just does show how good Max really oh, is, yeah. though. Like, yeah. full credit to 100%. Max. Like, we can't keep going, ah, these guys are all crap. Max is just really good. Yeah. And Danny Rick beat him for two and a half years. Yep. Yep. I think, in my opinion, I think Albon just needs to keep getting sixths and fifths and just finishing in the top three teams, and then he will be doing his job. Red Bull will be very happy with that. If he can show some glimpses here and there, some smart moves, start qualifying better, I think that's probably what's letting him down is his qualifying. I just don't think they'll take him next year. But what are they got? Who are they going to put in? Yeah, I think you're right. There's literally nothing left. Red Bull's dry. I don't think There's he'll no find. I don't think he'll find anyone come from the outside. And even Christian and they has won't said, come from although Christian outside. says stuff, and then the next day something yeah, else gets announced. But he said well, we're Red, only looking inside the the pool. Well, Red Bull need to sort their junior driver program. It out. used to be the best. It was the greatest. By far. Look at the talent that's come it through had there. Carlos who's, Sainz. Who's the it problem? Had Max Verstappen. It had Danny Rick. And going back before that, it had John Eric Verne, mm-hmm. um, Sebastian Vettel. The last driver that they actually took outside of their junior driver program was Mark Webber when yep. the team first started back yep. in 2007 or eight, mm-hmm. And it's worked for them up until now, but their, their stocks aren't looking very good no. at the moment. Somebody else's stocks that don't look very good. Ferrari, absolute <sighs> idiots. Campy's just sat back in his chair ready to go. Uh, Charlotte Clare finishing in third and Seb uh, re- retiring, as we've said before, with an MGUK problem. All right, Camp, are you ready? Or can no, you I'll go for Tommy first. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll let the right. ignorance speak first. <laughs> <Strapping>. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try and be very neutral. I do not prefer either over, but I think what a shit show from Ferrari. <laughs> oh. Just Where's Wally, mate? Get it together. Yeah. I think Talking about the team principal, Bonotto, by the way, if you don't know. Those yep. glasses are shocking. Yeah. So what we understand <laughs> is that there was, before the race, there was a bit of a plan and a scheme going on that Seb was going to get a bit of a, a slipstream, was going to get past, and then they were going to return that later. Whether we believe that or not, that was apparently what Leclerc was led to believe. Campy, relax. I'm not saying he's right or wrong. I'm just Sit telling back, you the facts. Campy. Sit back. Hold your breath, boy. Okay. What we've been told... Then we can so give funny. opinion. This is how journalism works because James and I are journalists and you're just, I don't know, a gas, yeah. a gas bag. <laughs> you never leave the studio. <laughs> this is what was told. This is why Leclerc was annoyed because he was expecting to get his spot back. I think it was stupid. I think they could have easily got past Hamilton. He was on medium, so they didn't need to do it regardless. We love that Seb has come back and gone, actually, no, I'm not going to give this spot back. He can get staffed. I'm in first. But what needed to happen 
was what really Ferrari ended up doing with just going, well, we're going to just take it into our hands and do it anyway. So they they let Leclerc pit earlier and then they uh, put Seb back, let him run for a lot longer and then eventually just compromised him and he would come out behind Leclerc. Yeah. Leclerc needs to grow a spine. He <laughs> needs to understand that playing the team game and doing what everyone says is not going to work for you at Ferrari and at the top at the top level. Grow a spine, son. If you wanted that position, get a start like Seb and you would have held everyone off and you would have had the run into turn two and three and four and it wouldn't have been an issue. Vettel's start was unbelievable. It was magic. It was magic, as we said at the start, and his start on the formation lap was magic as well. He didn't need a toe. It's not like Leclerc was going so quick that punched a massive hole and that it was Vettel's lunge really late and deep that got him the pass. He had him up a quarter away down that straight anyway, and he was right on it. There was yep. nothing. It was a phenomenal start. It was a phenomenal start. However, Leclerc would have covered the inside, surely, if this wasn't the team plan. Like, you're, not, you're on pole, you would cover the inside there. Look, I think, I think you're, you're right, but also Campy's point is you, know, you listen to the plan, you go, totally. uh-huh, and then you just do your own thing yeah, anyway. Yeah, I think hopefully that's what comes with this. I, if I'm uh, genuine, I think if Leclerc can learn from this and go, righto, Seb's not going to do what the team says. I need to stop being a little schmuck and getting told all these things and then getting left out to dry. He needs to just suck it up and actually just do what he needs to do to win races. But Vettel's pace in that first stint, was astounding. And yep. this is what Seb does well, gets out in front and charges. And yep. that's what he did in his Red Bull days when he won four yep. world championships yep. in a while. Yep. In a row, got pole, got out to a start and built these 10 to 15 second gaps over 25 laps yep. on his first stint. And that's that's what Seb's the best at. And that's what we saw this weekend. And that's why he suffers behind. And you've seen his, him spin behind Lewis a lot. Yep. He needs to be out in front and dominating Le- that. Leclerc, Leclerc oh. couldn't match it. Now, the thing that frustrates me the most Ooh. is that Ferrari threw um, Vettel straight onto the C strategy, which was, we're just going to keep you out, mate, so that you definitely have to give that yeah. position back to Leclerc. And that, for me, is just utter bullshit. That is the worst thing a team can do politically. How does Seb go back into that team now and go, doesn't matter what I do, doesn't matter if I'm faster. Yeah, but this, as the in, team's going to shaft me. It's different to last week. It's exactly the same as last week in every single way. It's different. It's exactly the same. He was told to do something and he's di- disobeyed, whereas Leclerc did the right thing. But last week they didn't tell him to swap. What, so Leclerc's getting payback for last no, week? No, they didn't. No, this was a, a obviously you're right, preconceived plan that... Seb's gone, nah, I'm not about that. I want to stay in front. This is Ferrari's utter stupidity agree. at a strategic level. Completely agree. And I'll guarantee you Seb was sitting there going in that meeting, there's no yeah, way yeah, I'm yeah. giving Let that me get in front back. and then I'll, get, I'll let you get back, man. No worries. <laughs> not a chance. And his pace was astounding. I, I, Having I said hate that, Ferrari for decisions like this. Seb should have got pole the, then. It's... No, that's, Leclerc, that's silly. Get, if Le- he's got the pace, get pole. No, 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 but he did have the but pace. Leclerc, if he you, was on a proper strategy and pitted at the right time, he would have just continued going. The he point had is, clean his, air. His tire, but his tyres fell off. Leclerc knows his tires if he gets pole. He was lying. He was if just Leclerc trying to pit. gets pole, he knows that. But he has a pit to put new rubber on, mate. He does need a pit, but he wanted to pit right then because he knew that if he pitted, then mate, he'd the get pace, out in front. The pace that he was pulling at the beginning of the race shows to me that he was a faster driver in a faster car rather than Leclerc. 
I he was disagree. pulling five I, seconds ahead of him. Like, look, Leclerc was too busy pressing the radio button, whinging agreed. on lap two. Yeah, I reckon like, he got guys, flustered. can we – and I can't believe how early that started happening. It's like, and it's a great start, and then – and uh, he will swap, <laughs> and they're like – Oh, did he, they say swap or did they say stop? No, they must have said stop. No, it has to be stop because they wouldn't be talking team orders this early in the race and then they get on and get in whoever the stupid engineer is good who can't pronounce anything. But good on you, You got on pole. But you should know before qualifying that getting on pole is going to have an adverse effect at this track. At this track. Yep. And he, he said that himself, though. He came out and said, look, maybe this is not the best oh, place to well, start on pole. Suck it up, princess. <laughs> Don't go back to the team and say, oh, because I was faster in qualifying. Yeah, oh. he's not winning himself any friends by making yeah. those kind of comments on the radio. Going, oh, we'll talk about it later. And no, I, well, come on. He's, he's trying to be the politician. He's trying to be diplomatic. Yeah. And no, Seb he, after the race was like, "Look, I'm not going to tell you what was said or what wasn't because I don't want to put the team in a position that makes it look like yep. A, B, and C, where I'm shafting the throwing on the bus." But even like, but the, he was like, "There's no way I was giving that spot yep. back. I was clearly faster." Leclerc's explanation was no better than Seb's. No. Like, it's like, this is what it was. It's like, that's all it was, really. Like, it sounds like you're making Le- a lot of noise about really. Leclerc's learned some tough lessons this year. Well, and it? hopefully, yeah. this, honestly, like, you're right. I think he needs to suck it up a bit, but he's just a naive kid, apparently, and he's just got suckered in and he's got taken by the more experienced driver. He's gone, well, mate, yep. there's no uh, friends on race day. Like, don't get out of my way. way. That, you put that on a T-shirt. Yeah. As I said last week, grow a spawn, son. Yeah, I, I think he, he's hopefully going to figure it out and go, oh, all right, this is how it is. I need to suck it up and I need to play my own game and I need to keep my cards. If you didn't figure that out from last weekend, I don't know when he's going to figure it out. Well, right, hopefully this talk, is enough. Let's talk about Mercedes very quickly. Uh, Valtteri Bottas said a bit of a nothing race as well. Uh, he spent a bit of time being worried about Charles Leclerc, but not actually anything happening with that towards the end of the race. Charles, every time he got within about a second and a half, he was saying everything started overheating. Okay, it was a very hot day, I imagine, at Sochi, and it is what it is. VB, sorry, mate, you just, you've turned into a bit of a nothing for the rest of this year. He started, like him in Melbourne, Poof, hello there, welcome, welcome to the team. And as Lewis continues to build his championship lead, it just becomes a little bit disappointing, doesn't it? Really, I mean, I, I really like Valtteri Bottas, but part of me would like to see Ocon go in that seat, and Bottas maybe got a Renault or, so, or just see some re- refreshing, you know, blood coming into that into that seat. But Valtteri has one more year next year. That's it. I think they're just they're he's limping to the, the line of that, his new he? regs. It's rear gunning for for uh, Lewis, and he is the opposite of Seb and Leclerc. He's just like the good boy that does everything he's told. That's because he knows he's not really the most talented driver on the grid, and he was yeah. just super lucky to pick up Rosberg's seat. Yep, really. Right place, right time. Yep, he's yeah. a good driver, but yeah, he's but he's, he's but, playing absolutely the but game. Nico Hockenberg's a good driver. Kevin Magnussen's a yeah. good driver. In the last four races since the mid-season break, Mercedes have struggled at the last at the last four races. Prior to that, I think VB had six poles or five poles out of the possible eleven. So the guy's quick; he can drive. He's just not getting it done on race pace. Yep. But this is the difference between Hamilton and yeah. Valtteri. Mm-hmm. On that first stint, Hamilton was able to keep within that three to four second mark of Leclerc, whereas Valtteri really struggled on that first stint and was, you know, 10, 15 seconds behind. So that's the and difference. And didn't he lose a spot to signs off the start? Yeah, which doesn't help either, yeah. but that sign start was incredible. Was. And again, Valtteri was on the medium, so he lost out just yeah. like um, Hamilton did. 
but he's got one more year and he's going to have to give it his best crack next year. And Ferrari really have turned a page like we've seen in this second half of the season since the mid-season break. And Mercedes might not have the dominant car that they've had yeah. for the last six years yep. next year. The and Ferrari's looking like what it should have looked like after summer practice. Yeah, totally. Like, But let's get, let's get real. Hamilton is, I say this every week, I can't stand him out of the car, but, <laughs> mate, that guy in a car is something else. Yep. He deserves everything he's got. I think he. I don't think he gets challenged for the championship this year, so he's going to have six world titles. He's going to have more poles than Schumacher. Race wins, he's about six or seven off. Does he get that seventh next year, and does he come out of next year's season with the seventh with more poles and more race wins than Schumacher? That'll, yep. be, that'll be something to behold, well, and I... And why is he going to go into a new regs where it's all unknown and he could be in a crap car, potentially? Like, he doesn't know that Mercedes is going to be back at the top. And he's, all, he's always spoken about going to Ferrari as well. I mean, even Toto Wolff came out in an interview not long ago. He said, look, we're not stupid. We've had, the dis- we've had, those, we've had those discussions. No one says no to Ferrari. Yeah. So imagine if for 2021, Ferrari said, look, we're going to take you for a couple of years and see what you can do. That would be... And Danny Rick at the same time. I'd say no to Ferrari. If you're asking Ferrari, no. Yeah, well, I'm hearing you, Tommy. Yeah, but we're not we're not F1 drivers. I think if you, if you were genuinely offered a contract, and it's like saying no to like a Real Madrid or a Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. totally just, right. You say yeah. yes to the red, hundred yeah. percent. Well, we were. Uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, weekend in the following fortnight as we go to Japan and Suzuka. Last year we saw Mercedes domination one two, and Max and Daniel when, they, when Daniel was in Red Bull third and fourth, Kimi and Seb fifth and sixth. So it was definitely the top three teams absolutely locking out the top six positions. Will it happen again? Who knows? But it's all to come. Gents, it's been an absolute pleasure recapping nice. Russia with you. And I look forward to seeing what Putin does next. Geez, that's loud, and there's lots of treble on it. You're loud. You're always complaining about treble. Yeah, I need to be bassier. The bassier, the better. Well, stick your... You don't know what that means. You've got a big bottom on, mate. Small. Been squatting. You've got a big bottom on. You have not been squatting. (laughs) It's not what I meant. (laughs) 100% not what I meant at all. Well, that was a shit race.